The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And um, there's a couple things that matter. Um, I, it matters to me that the best team did win the NBA championship. I'm going to go ahead and give it up to San Antonio Spurs. Um, the one thing that I like to pride myself in being is a good sport. Uh, it's not always good to lose. There are many people who say, you know, there's a lot to be learned in losing. And there, I'm, I'm going to agree halfway with that. Nobody likes to, but, but chances are that you pay more attention to detail when you lose because you don't want to lose again than you do sometimes when you win. Uh, but there are certainly some things that I'm, I talk about in that basketball game, in that basketball series that I saw that perhaps they could help um, uh, improve the team for the Miami Heat so that they could possibly beat the San Antonio Spurs because I don't see any reason why the Spurs couldn't come out of the West again next year if they so choose. But let me uh, also I want to do this. You know that this platform I use it many times to um, uh, serve an agenda that's my own. And certainly I'd like to use this platform to recognize those members of the fraternity of which um, I participate in the National Football League and also throughout Division One college sports and high school sports. So sports, period. After all, I am the sports channel director here, and so try to do best I can to uh, bring some information that has relevance to it um, and, and share it with you, whether it be from my experience in the past or perhaps things that are going on in the future, but certainly current. And a couple of days ago, I think we all are aware of the fact that, um, you know, a soldier in football, if you will, Chuck Noll, uh, the coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the only man uh, in that era that won four Super Bowls. I'm not sure if Belichick may have three, two or three. I know he's got two. He may have three. But uh, certainly Chuck Noll, I think, is the only coach to have four uh, Super Bowl wins. Interesting enough, the um, Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings had been to four Super Bowls but came out winless. But Chuck knows a man that um, I actually got a chance to play against. And um, regardless of what it was, the, the outcome of the game, that wasn't important to me. What was important to me is that that was a man that I knew was a great coach. As a matter of fact, growing up in Ohio, many times we got a chance to see the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns, beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, they really were in charge of that division, you know. Uh, they beat up on everybody. 
uh, certainly winning four Super Bowls with Terry Bradshaw and those and crew, uh, Lynn Swan, Mel Blunt, uh, John Stallworth, Jack Lambert. Uh, they 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 had an L.C. Greenwood. Um, you know, they they had everything. Uh, Mike Webster in heaven. Shout out to you, my man. God bless you. Um, you know, but Chuck Noll was was the man that was a part of that, and uh, he set the standard. Uh, he he set the standard for excellence. Uh, although the Raiders, uh, you know, like to use that, but uh, he did that. He is the man. The trophy has Vince Lombardi's name on it, but Vince Lombardi did not win four NFL Super Bowls. Chuck Noll did. Uh, Dan Rooney, I, I doubt that the Rooneys would do anything to try to change that name on that trophy um, because Lombardi was the standard, I want to say, before that. And, and sometimes you can move the needle a bit. And it's just like records, records can be broken. And, and sometimes you can move that needle. Uh, I don't think we want to think about changing the name, uh, but certainly of the Super Bowl trophy, it is the Vince Lombardi trophy. Um, but certainly Chuck Noll deserves his recognition. So what I'm going to do, like I always do, I'm going to take a time out uh, and I'm going to have a moment of silence for Chuck Noll, the former Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, and um, let's have a moment of silence. Okay, we're back. So uh, shout out to my man, uh, if you will. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, Kelvin Fisher. Uh, Fisher, of course, used to be the uh, one of the scouts for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who himself uh, actually has moved on to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but but I, I know that... Uh, he worked closely uh, with Coach Noel, and uh, I'm sure that's a loss for him. Also, uh, Tony Dungy, who was a Pittsburgh Steeler when I came out of college, you know, and, and, and I had one of my friends just ask, you know, you know, man, shoot Tony, uh, uh, you know, just call Tony and see business before we had, um, of course, cell phones. So it was call him, get some type of perspective, man, just ask him he think does he think I could play in the game you know and uh I got a message back from my friend uh I'm, I'm hoping it was <laughs> it was a message that came from Tony uh and he said I I would be okay you know and that so you know an encouragement from somebody from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh just you know encouraging words and I think that's the kind of man that Chuck Noel was you know he was uh, certainly shooting for excellence uh, but I, I like to think that he was pretty encouraging with his players. And uh, and they felt a sense of confidence. I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers felt when they took the field that they could beat just about anybody. I, I don't think they ever went into a game thinking that there was a team that was better than them. Once they built that team, and I think the year before he came, they may have won one or two games. But once they built that team, then... Um, Man, they had a lot of confidence. So I'll tell you what, um, confidence. <laughs> Let's go right into it. Let's get right into it. Confidence. And, and confidence is, is something that um, I do not think the Miami Heat going into this basketball season had a lack of confidence. Uh, I think once the season started, and if you look at the Miami Heat and you looked at how they performed, and I mean athletically. I'm not talking about 
um, you know, wins and losses. But I'm looking at, if you look at basketball, uh, the Miami Heat was, you know, you have fly, uh, what was it, fly, sl- fly slammer jammer back in the day, you know. Um, you know, you got modern day with the Clippers. You know, they throwing it down. Lob City. Um, you, you just have so many teams in basketball that have such skills that you have to have something else to bring to the table that's going to be the differentiator in your team than the other team because the skill level is off the charts, particularly when you get to the championship. Now, if indeed something happens that you have a team that finds themselves uh, ailing, that there are there's a few nagging injuries that are hanging around and, and you're not playing at 100% of your athletic ability and the other team seems to be pretty healthy, um, there's going to be some, some real challenges because the other team who may have been able to match your athleticism, they also now have a scheme to bring to the table that's going to differentiate their ability to execute the game plan uh, and your game plan perhaps maybe is not as good as theirs and your inability to execute your game plan because you're not 100% healthy. Uh, If you think about it, and I'm not making up any excuses, it's just what you do. As I said, when you lose, and I say you, I I was for the heat. I'm not getting off the bandwagon. I'm a LeBron James fan. Will be uh, till he's no longer playing. But I saw something, I think many of you know, not making any excuses, but I saw a couple plays that were fast breaks that were run by the San Antonio Spurs. And in the replay, you know, thank God for direct TV. It's just, you know, when you play the game at a certain level, sometimes what you do is you're actually watching the game and, and, and you are evaluating and, and you're actually breaking down each segment of the game. And that's what I do when, my, when I got the remote control. That's why people don't like to watch the game with me. It's a teaching moment for me. I'm trying to learn the game and find out what's going on and where the mistakes were made at. So I'm stopping and I'm running frame by frame by frame by frame. And LeBron, you know, there were times where, I mean, you remember LeBron James? The LeBron James that would run you down. It was almost like it was a, in a mile relay. And he was the anchor. And you could just see him just chasing somebody to chasing somebody down. That's how he used to do on those fast breaks. I think LeBron got one of those blocks the entire series. This series. I don't know if he got many throughout the playoff series. LeBron James was extremely tired this year. He was exhausted. It's something that I say to people, particularly when I talk to young men coming out of college, getting ready to play pro football. What you need to do is you need to put together a regiment that is beyond anything you have ever been accustomed to before because you're going to work twice as hard. If you think about it, because the National Football League has four preseason games and then you also have about three or perhaps maybe four weeks of preseason prior to your preseason game. And most times it's about three weeks. So you got about three weeks of camp before you get into preseason. So when you take three weeks in camp and then four preseason games, that's seven weeks. And then 
in the fourth game of the season, let's take it to the sixth game of the season because you got two weeks or two days when you're in college. Okay, so we're into the sixth week of the season. You still got 10 games to go plus playoffs. If you were in college, you would be done. It would be over with. That's what happens when you make it into deep into the playoffs. They've made it deep into the playoffs. LeBron has made it deep into the playoffs the past three years. His first year in Miami, they lost. The next two, they won. And now he's back for the fourth. That's extended time. That's playing through June. And some people have been off already since, what, May? So listen, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to educate. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue to educate. <laughs> and then we're going to take this break. But we're going to come back. Because I just want some people to understand this. It's, you know, yeah, the same thing happened for San Antonio. San Antonio played the same amount of games last year. But San Antonio didn't win last year. Because when you win, then it extends the celebration, which makes you even more tired. But we're going to take this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Of course, uh, as I start off the show, I tell you what matters to me is that uh, Chuck Noll has gone on to um, that beautiful place up in the sky. And uh, we're going to miss him. The man was a, a great man, uh, great father, great husband, uh, outstanding football coach. Uh, reset the standard. Uh, now the goal or the standard of which greatness is, uh, legacy is, uh, dynasty is, is four Super Bowls. <laughs> I doubt if that will happen again. I don't know if anybody will be able to match that again because with free agency now, I think it's hard to keep a team together like you did. He built that team. He drafted them. He, he built it. And uh, 
they probably got a record number of Hall of Famers on that team as well. So, uh, and I want to shout out to the Steeler Nation, if you will, and uh, I tip my hat to you. Um, I admire the team, admire the man, and uh, sad he's gone, but he uh, made my life enjoyable, gave me something to to shoot for. So, um, let me get back to, as I said at the end of that last segment there, I I was talking about what happens when you have a team who wins. you know, not only do, do they extend themselves into the playoffs, but, but then there is the aftermath of that. Uh, it's a continuing uh, celebration. And those of us, let's keep it real, those of us out here who, who, who party in our day like to have fun, um, you can party the way you choose to party, but partying takes energy. I mean, you know, when you, you know, when you party and you have a good time, sometimes you don't wake up till later the next day. And when you wake up, you might have a headache. Uh, you might not be feeling good. You might not be feeling good before you, you know, uh, before you went to sleep. Uh, but all that, all of that adds up. And uh, when you're a team that does make it to a championship and you don't win it, uh, there is no party. There is no extended celebration. Uh, what it is for you is uh, you, you have a new goal. And your goal is to get back. So the next thing you do is you get right back in the gym and you get yourself ready. Uh, you start working on the season, you know, next year. And I, no doubt about it, uh, the San Antonio Spurs were on a mission. Uh, they knew what they wanted. Uh, they knew who they wanted. You know, I, I would say one thing about uh, the Indiana Pacers was the Indiana Pacers last year, you know, who were beat by uh, the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, they set their goals that they wanted the Heat. Well, well, the Heat wasn't the NBA championship, you know. If you beat the Heat, then you got into that. But if you just set your goals on the Heat, uh, dethroning them but not with your eye on the prize. See, San Antonio's eye was getting back to the championship series. That's what they wanted to do. They knew that feeling that they had in their mouth that they hated, and they wanted to just get it out. And they wanted to get back into the championship series so they could bring home that trophy. And I think the Indiana Pacers just wanted to get back to the Miami Heat. But let's not focus on the team that didn't make it into the championship series. Let's go back a little bit because I'm just my position because, again, I'm a Heat fan. And, and again, I'm going to have to say this. I think Dwayne Wade is still hurt. I think Dwayne Wade is hurt to the point – it's, it's probably beyond, you know, him getting back to the player that he once was. Injuries have caught up with him. Uh, there was a play of which I saw everybody thought it was a great play. With Chris Bosh, I think it was in the, the game that, uh, that they won, uh, in which uh, the, the Spurs lost to Miami, I believe, at home. Or, or no, they may have pressed. Maybe it was not at home. They... they um, the Spurs won a game in Miami, and, of course, uh, the Heat won a game in Miami. The game that the Heat won, it was when Chris Bosch at the end of the game threw this, what everybody thought was such a great bounce pass to Dwayne Wade. To me, I saw something different. I saw if that were two years earlier, not maybe even if it was last year, but certainly the year before that, that was an alley-oop. That was not a bounce pass. Not that Chris could not throw the bounce pass years 
prior to. It's just that the ability and the strength of the knees of Dwayne Wade, D-Wade, was such that, come on, man, <laughs> you know, just, just give me this, you know, let me throw this thing down to put an exclamation point on the end of this game. And so it's small things like that. Remember, I, I noticed, too, again, go back, watch the game, slow it down, fast break, look in the rearview mirror, you see LeBron not trying to run the play down. Body tired. You know, mentally fatigued. Emotionally drained. Can't do it. D-Wade, you know, just like me, I, I see things that I used to do, I'm thinking I can do it, and I can't do it. And... And so I think D-Wade, there's certain things he wants to do. There's no, you know, was it Stitcher? Who, I forget what it is, blocking D-Wade's shot? There were too many times D-Wade went to the rim and he didn't throw it down. Can't do it. So do you want to talk about the Miami Heat and, and what LeBron James might do? For me, the reality is, what is D-Wade going to do? You know, I, you know it's something that I'm sure it's hard for him. But, you know, his history, his, his, what he's already done in basketball, he's accomplished enough. I really think if D-Wade continues to play, we're not going to see the Dwayne Wade that we know. We're going to see a fraction of that. And, and many times we don't like to see a fraction of our ball players. We like to see them go out on top like Ray Lewis was able to do. You know, go out as a winner, walk away from the game. And, but I'm not sure that, that D-Wade is, is ready to do that. I'm sure he feels that he can still play, maybe even wants to play. But I, I think there's something missing there. Um, that, go back to LeBron. I think what LeBron needs to do is I don't care what he looks like, but the reality of it is his body is tired. That man needs to take care of his body. He needs to spend his whole offseason just taking care of his body body not overexerting himself I know he's got to play basketball keep himself ready you got to stay in the gym got to keep shooting jumpers he got to keep you know even handling the ball you know if you think about it you know and I you know shout out to my man Charles Barkley because Charles is one of the most respected athletes and I'm looking at him from an athletic perspective I love him what he does in, in terms of the commentary he provides on TNT but Charles Barkley has always been, you know, a man's man. You know, Charles going to tell you what the hell he says, what, what he thinks, and you, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, the hell with you. He don't care. Uh, but, I, and, I, and I remember back in the day, my days in Philadelphia, when I was in Philly playing football, and Charles was, just got drafted and came into uh, Philadelphia there. And uh, I remember one time, you know, what I liked about Charles is, um, I remember one time I had a problem with Buddy Ryan. And, uh, and the reporters had the nerve to ask me if I was scared. And I said, scared? Hell, hell no, I ain't scared. Why should I be scared? He a man just like I am. He put his pants on one leg at a time. I hope he does just like I do. I ain't scared, but if it's my attention, he wants it. Okay, he got my attention, but I no, I'm not scared of him. Charles kind of liked that. And from, you know, prior to that, Charles, again, he too was saying what was ever on his mind. He continued to do that. And, of course, you know that Charles Barkley, so... Uh, I guess Charles liked people who also was going to say what was on their mind. You know, stand up for yourself. Nobody else going to stand up for you. So if Buddy's going to run me out of town, he's going to run me out of town. But I'm not, I ain't scared of him, you know. As a matter of fact, I could beat him up. 
I could beat him up now. I could have beat him up then, but you know, I could beat him up now, for sure. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let me let me just get back to LeBron James is you know the fact that he's got to get himself together, physically, you know, mentally, spiritually, all that stuff, uh, so that he can get back to playing basketball. Now, the big question. Come on, this is Rail of Sports. You know I'm from the Hall of Fame city. We share the airport. It's called Akron Canton Airport. Now, D. Wade, I think D. Wade, you know, hey, man, they got to start building a team over at some point in time. You know, I'm sure that Pat Riley might even be have a position someplace in the front office for D. Wade to keep him close to basketball. He certainly could be an ambassador for the game. Classy young man. Maybe he needs to call it, you know, it's over with. You know, Chris Bosh, you know, Chris, hey, Chris, hey, it was a great ride. When they won, Chris contributed what he needed to contribute. But this team is starting to look too much like a, a Cleveland team back in the day when LeBron was there, when it was all LeBron. LeBron now, like he was in Cleveland, like Charles Barkley said when he was in Philadelphia, man, I need some help. LeBron is to the point now where he needs some help. There may be help in Cleveland for LeBron. Now, do I think LeBron will, you know, exit and go to Cleveland this season? I don't think so, although I think he can option out if I'm not mistaken. But I think the sooner the better. And, and, and the reason why is because we need to see that LeBron return, you know, who could, you know, leap tall buildings, fly through the sky, you know, Superman. That's the LeBron. We need to see him back. He's a, he's a, he's a real Superman. We need LeBron back in Cleveland, healthy as can be, selling out arenas every, you know, every game, every race he goes around, and get him a championship before it's too late. Because if he waits too late, you know, basketball is, is also like football. And, you know, it's pretty much, you know, your life as, as a basketball player and a football player is that of, you know, let's, let's be honest, of, of like a dog. We talk about dogs, dog life, you know, dog years. You know, we talk about dog years, one year, seven years, am I right? Six years, five years, whatever it is. For every one year that a person lives and a dog lives, he lives like, it's like he lives seven years. So, again, has that been scientifically proved? I don't think so, but it certainly is something that we always say. At least we do in the hood. So, I'm going to say another year on LeBron's body, man, that's like seven years. So, that's, that's 82 games. So if you can get out of here, go, go now. Go to Cleveland now. Go home. Go home when, when you will still be embraced. Don't go home when you're old, when you're beat up, when you're tired, because that ain't the LeBron that they want to see back home. They want to see LeBron, you know, that played, you know, high school ball there in Akron. They want to see LeBron that played ball there for the Cavaliers. That's the LeBron they want to return home. That LeBron is still available to return home now, but if he waits, you never know what can happen. Injuries can happen, LeBron. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking to my man, if you can, from this, from you know, from this microphone here in the studios at Voice America in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I, my opinion is that I think LeBron James should go home. You can always go home, but when you go home, sometimes you know it's like. When you leave home, when you're 18, the last impression that people had of you was what you looked like when you were 18. And if you come back when you're like 50, 
and you don't look the same way you did when you was 18, for some reason, the other people have it in their mind that you still going to look like you did when you were 18. You get where I'm going with this? Okay, LeBron, when you left there, you were flying through the air. They expected you to come back home and still be flying through the air. You can't come back home and lost your skills because the game of basketball has beat you up. They're not going to embrace you like that. They want you to come back the way you were when you left. You still can do that now. Take a couple years, you're going to go back like an old wounded man. Mm, that's, they're not going to love you like that. So all I'm asking is not about money. LeBron just made $30 million on the beach deal. Everybody knows about that. He don't need the money. The championship, you went to Miami. You did for Miami what you said you would do for them. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Okay. Well, you, you, you took them to four. Okay, you took them to four championships. You lost two, you won two. You had 50%. Come on, man, what are you asking for? Before that, you only had one. The man got there, and in, in four years, he gave you two. And he gave you four appearances. Okay, he, he's earned his money. You know, he, he's certainly earned his money and, and, and earned money for a couple other players on there as well. So um, I think you got to let the man go. Now, I'm hoping he hears me. And I think I got to take a break here because I may have gone over my break. I got about 30 seconds, I believe, to my next break. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this break. And I'm going to come back because there's some other things that matter to me too. But we're going to. Keep talking about LeBron just a little bit, then I'm going to get off LeBron and share a few other things with you. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. 
Mr. Rail of Sports of the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And of course, as I told you earlier, what matters to me is the fact that, excuse me, we lost a number, another member of the fraternity of football. The great coach Chuck Noll, as um, his days here on earth has expired and he's gone on to better places and uh, certainly hope that uh, the family deals with it the best they possibly can. It's one of those things where you're happy if, if someone that you love was suffering, that they're no longer suffering, um, but the pain of reality that they will never be there again for you to give them that hug, for you to say uh, how much you love them, how much you admire them, how much you care for them. Uh, you'll never be able to do that here face to face. Um, and just just relish in knowing that you guys as a family, I mean his Steeler family, I mean his his blood family, you had such great memories. You have such great memories. And continue to focus on that and to laugh when you think about Coach Noel, laugh and enjoy it uh, because uh, he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. So um, let me move on. And, you know, of course, I, I'm going to move away from LeBron just a little bit, but I need LeBron to get back to Cleveland. There's another reason why I need LeBron to get back to Cleveland. Because, listen, I don't care when it was. And people can say what they want to say. But the National Football League is truly trying to work on its brand. And the National Football League is truly trying to take those who are in a position of influence, want it or not, it comes with the territory. And if you are one of their quarterbacks... You need to tell your friends, you need to tell your family, you need to tell your PR people. Listen, they, they need to create an image that is something that is positive for the team. Understand the team that you play for. Understand the environment. You know, if the personality of the Raiders is a different personality than the New England Patriots. The personality of the Dallas Cowboys is a different personality than the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the personality of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, is a different personality than that of the New York Giants. When you're in Cleveland, it's a real blue-collar town. I mean, seriously, the steel mills may be gone, but we hold on to that blue-collar. And, you know, we want everybody to be successful. We want everybody to make as much money as you possibly can. But we also want you to be somewhat responsible. And there's a lot of things Whereas, sure, it's your life. Sure, you get a chance to live your life the way you want to. But there's some things that people just don't want to see. They don't want you to throw up in their faces. And I'm not sure that those people in Cleveland feel real happy about the video that probably is going viral out there now about Johnny Menzel. And I don't know when it was, but all this money, you know, you can say what you want to say. But the reality of it is he's not making things. You know, he's starting off on a real rough road. Now, they just signed the contract, just signed him to a contract. Uh, the numbers were not revealed. But you can imagine, based upon the collective bargaining agreement, you know, it's right in line with what he should have gotten. Uh, basically, the negotiation aspect of being drafted in the modern-day era, the negotiations 
uh, really, you could probably go in there and get you a CPA, and you know he can negotiate the contract, get you a lawyer, uh, you know, and he can execute the deal. But uh, you know, a CPA can negotiate it, and a lawyer pay him on an hourly wage and get him to, uh, you know, make sure that I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and go from there. Uh, the days of paying a percentage for your contract to be negotiated by an individual, I think, are, are long gone. And certainly I hope Johnny didn't do that. I hope nobody's doing that anymore because you really don't need it. <laughs> what you're going to get paid in the holdouts and that stuff, hold out for what? You can't get more money. It's already been collectively negotiated and bargained by the union and the league. So pretty much wherever, whatever slot you're drafted in, you pretty much know how much money you're going to make. Just look at the last two, three years, see how much those people made, position they played, check out your position, where you were drafted at, what slot you're in, and it's there for you. So, but Johnny Manziel, listen, I know there were people on this microphone that were saying things when I got drafted. I'm going to tell you one thing I hated. I hated that the day that I signed a decent contract for the Philadelphia Eagles and I drive up. Now, granted, this is a situation where I had a nice little, you know, a little red car, a little two-seater, you know, begins with the letter P. Um, and, and I drive up in it, but I had the car before I negotiated the contract. I end up in the newspaper. This is, you know, this is a benefit of the new contract that Ray just signed, you know, and, you know, Norman Brayman is not happy with Ray Ellis's contract. And so therefore, you know, he's not willing to negotiate anybody else's contract based upon Ray's contract. You know, come on, really? Now that was just some stuff that was being made up. I, I had the car the year before. I didn't just buy the car because I got a new contract and do signing bonus, so I went out and bought the car. No, I had the car the year before. I wasn't even making $100,000 a year before, and I had the, you know, little red car to begin with a P. I had that, two-seater, nice one. But the fact of the matter is, you know, they tried the media again, try to manipulate situations and, and try to throw it in the fans' face like, oh, Ray got all this money, so he went out and bought this, you know, brand-new little red car. No, that wasn't the case. That's why I'm saying in Johnny's case, I don't know when he had this stash of money. Obviously, he didn't have the stash of money. He just got his contract. He just signed yesterday. If not yesterday or today, I think it was yesterday. Uh, maybe even maybe today. So he didn't have, the, you know, his videos going viral. Johnny had that money before then. Now, where he got that money for? I don't know. I don't care. But just talk that to your friends. Your friends should not want to hurt you. What hurts you? Putting stuff like that out on, you know, on the Internet. Come on, man. Really? Johnny, you got to get rid of some of those friends. That's one thing that happens when you become a part of the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey Association. You, you just you can't do it. If you're an individual and you represent your own company, your own, your, your own CEO, okay, you can make those decisions. If you want to tarnish your brand, that's fine. But once you become an employee of somebody, then there are certain stipulations that you've got to adhere to that doesn't diminish the value of their brand or what their fans think about you. Because that, when, when they think highly of you, then they can sell you. They can get a return on their investment from you that they made in you. 
you know, if I was saying, Johnny, you out showing all this money, flashing, and I was saying those, those couple thousand jerseys that they sold as soon as you were drafted, I've heard the jersey sales are off. As a matter of fact, you in Cleveland, they burn jerseys. <laughs> I want you to know that. Call LeBron. That's why I'm asking for LeBron to help out in this situation. Uh, LeBron is probably the, the man that could probably grab Johnny, reel him in, and say, Johnny, no, no, no. Got to grow up, man. You got to grow up fast. And who else? Who better to tell him? You know, LeBron spent straight out of high school to the NBA. Johnny went to college for two years. So that must not that much difference in age. Two years difference. LeBron, you know, got introduced, became an instant millionaire at 18. Johnny at at 20, maybe 21. I thought if he's 21, that's another thing. Nobody seems to have said anything about the fact that Johnny seems to be, well, he was already intoxicated, I guess, you know, when you talk about it, there was some some uh, accusations that when he was at uh, Peyton Manning's camp that he was intoxicated. The man's not 21 years old. At that time, he wasn't. He may be 21 now. That's something else. You know, he, he's, if, if he's, he's in Vegas. You know, that's another thing. Nobody's ever talked about that. Maybe he's 21 now. But I think is nothing wrong with anybody who is young should enjoy their lives. But you have to enjoy it in such a way that you're responsible. Not to say that he's being, I'm going to say in some aspects of his life, he's being irresponsible because, you know, he has to sometimes say to his friends, guys, I can't do that. Or no, come on, man, you understand. I, you know, it's not, I, I haven't changed. But things about my life has changed. I'm the same Johnny. But I used to be Johnny who was, you know, a quarterback, you know, at Texas A&M. Now I'm Johnny Benzel, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. The responsibility has changed. The jersey has changed. And so, therefore, my responsibility and accountability is, has changed. There's certain obligations that I have to make. Uh, and if I don't make that obligation, you know, that I sign on the line to, then there's going to be consequences and repercussions. And so the consequences and repercussions of what Johnny does now will cost him money. It'll cost him money early on. Later on in his life, it will cost him his job. It is important how you start this thing off. Johnny should have been, but the, with all the questions around surrounding him, I think one thing that Johnny certainly should have done is he should have, um, his approach should have been a little bit different. You know, I think he should have came in and just decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be the most astute individual that the Cleveland Browns have ever seen. And uh, for him to be more astute than Bernie Kosar, uh, that would take a lot. Because Lindy, uh, uh, Lindy um, I forget coach's name, uh, football moment there. But uh, certainly, uh, Bernie had a playbook, and Bernie learned to use that playbook. And Bernie would cut you up because he knew that playbook so well. And I think Johnny, you know, I don't know if Bernie's in a position, you know, that he could help him at this time, but certainly just look at the way the man played the game, the way he approached the game, and how serious he was and how prepared he was. That's a great example for you right there, Johnny. Brian Sipe the same way. You, you, got, you got a couple good quarterbacks there in Cleveland that, that approached the game, and they were prepared at all times for it. May have made a mistake here and there, but they were prepared for it. 
We're going to take a break. I see I got about 30 seconds. I'm going to come back and I'm going to close this thing out. But I'm really enjoying this show today. And I hope you are. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in training for them like it matters. I'll tell you what, um, what matters to me is that uh, Coach Chuck Noll has passed away and gone on to heaven. Great man, great husband, great father. Outstanding coach. Hall of Fame coach, as we all know. And um, I'm just happy to have had the experience of being on the field when, when he was coaching. And, um, man. Wish him and his family, uh, wish his family the best. And, and I know he's doing well up in heaven, smiling down on his family and letting them know he's okay. And letting them know it's okay to come join him. Don't rush, but he'll be there waiting. So uh, let me move on now. I, you know, I've been talking about a couple of th- I, What I want to do is I want to give a shout-out to a couple people. Uh, I certainly want to give a shout-out to, uh, last week I had on my show as a guest, uh, Susie Sanchez. I want to give her a shout-out. That, that lady, that is just an amazing lady. Um, she had uh, had hopes and dreams and never gave up on her hopes and dreams of one day being um, a cheerleader um, in the National Football League. And, and she accomplished that as a Raider. At, uh, but there was some adversity that she was faced with throughout her life. It wasn't easy, but she never took her eye off the prize. She knew what she wanted in life and she went after it. And it's very inspiring. So those of you out there uh, that are interested in an inspirational story, uh, somebody who has a goal and uh, never gave up on it and achieved that goal. You you should uh, get Google Susie Sanchez and you'll find out the name of her book. I just don't know the name of it off the top of my head. And I uh, also want to give a shout out to my man, Randy Gatewood. You guys may have seen Wood on the sidelines of USFL. And uh, I've been talking to Randy and 
chances are he's probably going to join me, uh, not uh, next week, but maybe the week after that uh, on the show. Um, but uh, next week, I believe that uh, Luther Broughton and uh, Michael Warren are going to be uh, sitting in for me and hosting the show. So I'm going to give them an early shout out because they will be hosting their show here on Voice America Sports coming up uh, this this fall. So we've got a couple new shows that are coming up and uh, just wanted to make sure that I give a shout out to those folks. But be sure to check on that book uh, that Susie is going to have. Uh, I understand that some things are going on over in San Francisco that uh, they don't seem to be the San Francisco 49er way according to Coach Harbaugh, and that is that uh, uh, Vernon Davis in particular has decided he wants to sit out uh, because, uh, you know, Vernon, who negotiated a contract at the time a few years ago, uh, that contract was the highest uh, contract, uh, well, highest contract for a tight end in the history of the National Football League. And Vernon, uh, I think statistics show that Vernon has uh, performing at a level even greater than what he was at that time. And uh, Vernon's a smart man. And uh, Vernon is a man that feels that I, I got to get paid now uh, because the NFL stands for not for long. And so you need to strike when it's hot. You know, I, I, I know some people who've made a mistake and let them talk you in the next year and got hurt. I being one of those. You know, next year is now. You got to get it when you can because... When it's all over with, they don't continue to send checks to you. If you didn't get it when you could have gotten it, then it's shame on you. Because when they don't want you, when they feel you're too old and they're done with you, they're going to let you go. I just got early in the show, I was talking about the Miami Heat. There's some of the changes in the Miami Heat team, I, the players won't have to make. Pat Riley is going to make some of those changes, some of those moves. You know, most time when you play professional sports, a lot of times you're comfortable. You don't want to move. You're comfortable. But then there are other times, you know, now that you can move and there's an option and, you know, some guys, you know, have enough money where, hey, I can miss a season. I, I can miss a few games. I'll take the fines, uh, but I'm going to get more money because it's my turn. You know, I have to get it now. And that's what you have to do. It's a business. Don't worry. It's, it's Listen. It's just like going to the gas station. You don't have a choice. When they, when you ride up and gas has gone up, who told them to raise gas? I didn't. You didn't. You want to pay the same amount of money for the gas that you paid yesterday. I mean, you can literally sometimes pull up to the gas station and they changing the pennies on it. Two, three, four, five pennies. And everybody thinking that's just two, three, four, five pennies. But think about it. It's millions of gallons across the world, across the country. So those pennies add up. And so, listen, it's, it's, it's business. It, it's business. And I think we should all start accepting the fact, don't get so emotionally caught up in it anymore. Just get, the emotion should be attached to the game. Don't get caught up in the business side of the game because you don't know it. And so really, you're, 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 you don't have enough information to really make an intelligent decision or, or take a position because you don't have all the facts. And so, therefore, you're making an emotional, you know, you're siding one way or the other based upon emotion and not facts. So you're never going to be right. But certainly, let me just see, let me give you these facts. Is they don't give you checks once you're done. And like gas, the price is what it is on that day. And you 
are the gas. And so the price that they're willing to pay you, they're going to pay you that day. And what the price is going to be tomorrow, tomorrow could be the day you come in and you get cut. They may not pay you. It may be the day you get hurt. They're not paying you anymore. So you better get it when you can. That's the bottom line. That's just life. You know, and so as people, you know, let's, let's, stop, let's stop criticizing those who make as much money as they can. It's okay. You should try to make as much money as you possibly can. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the American way. Think about it. When you go to the stores, you don't want to, you know, they tell you something may go on sale next week. Well, if it's going to go on sale next week, give me the sale price today. No, we can't do that. Do like I do. If it goes on sale a week after you bought it, take it back in the store. I say, hey, I want to return this, you know, and I want to get it at the sale price. Give me my money. You know, keep your eye on stuff. But this is business. That's, that's all. So don't be upset with Vernon Davis out in San Francisco as they're trying to put their team together. And they're, they're trying to, you know, make a run for Super Bowl. Don't, don't get mad at them. Don't get mad because Vernon Davis saw Cap get some money too, I'm sure. Vernon Davis saw, you know, the tight end from uh, the Saints is about to get some money too. You got to strike it when it's hot. Now, let me, uh, speaking of striking when it's hot, I'll tell you who's really striking it when it's hot right now. And that is the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup is, you know, it's on television all the time. People are starting to talk about it all the time. But it's the only time they really talk about soccer is during the World Cup. I think they should try to make a, a push. Because it's, you know, when you think about the revenues of soccer, I think soccer itself combined globally because it's a global sports. Football, American football is just American football. They play it in some other countries, but the majority of places that it's played is in America. Soccer is global. So the revenues that are generated in soccer, I think they morph. I know they morph football. I think they combine soccer may be equivalent. Soccer itself may be equivalent to the revenues in basketball, baseball, and hockey. Basketball, baseball, it may be basketball, baseball, football, and hockey. It may be our big four. Their revenues globally may, may more for those. It, it certainly may take the big three, you know, on by itself. So uh, I just, it's one of those things where if hockey's going to be that big, let's start embracing it. Let's start talking about it. Let's start watching it more. Let's start understanding it more. I think it's one of the safer sports. Certainly because, again, uh, you don't have the type of equipment on that allows you to uh, gain an advantage uh, on an individual when, when he's in a vulnerable position. And you can use the, you can use the, the product of, of, of the equipment and use it as a weapon. You don't have those weapons, you know, in soccer. You know, it's just your body. And uh, you're not supposed to be making too much contact. It becomes a foul. I don't know all those rules, but I want to do... I'm going to do my best to learn those rules and get a little bit more involved. But I, in terms of development and skill set, if I had young kids now, I would get them involved in soccer. Because just, just the foot agility, the foot quickness, the stop and go. I saw a man actually pull a hamstring yesterday, you know, trying to chase a ball down in hockey. So you got to run, you got to sprint. Uh, but you certainly have to have some coordination in your feet. So almost like I always say, if you want to find you a good lineman, that's sweet on his feet. 
Just go to a college campus and go to the dances. If you see the big fella out on the dance floor and he can move his feet, he can play ball. If you can't move your feet, you can't play ball. Bottom line. I don't care what sport it is. If you don't move your feet, you can't play ball. Well, it looks like um, time is winding down. So, again, I just want to, if you get a chance, take a look. Google search Susie Sanchez. Find her book. Buy it. Uh, Chuck Noll, God bless you. That's what matters to me. Chuck Chuck Noll gave us uh, a standard for the National Football League. Four Super Bowls. I don't think it'll ever be surpassed. And, of course, that shout-out to my man, Randy Gatewood, who's doing things over in the Arena League. And Randy's going to join the show in a couple weeks. And, of course, next week we're going to have Luther Broughton and, uh, of course, Michael Warren going to join you guys here because I will not be here and they will do my show live next week. So for those who've been listening, I thank you very much. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.